Welcome to the journey through Luke and Acts, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's Word. Each reading will help you understand the context and meaning of this first century text and reveal how it can shape our lives today. Together, we'll journey through the life and ministry of Jesus, as well as the formative years of the early church. Let's get started with today's reading. Day 1. The Book of Luke. The Book of Luke is the first volume in Luke's two-part history. It tells the story of the life of Jesus, beginning with his miraculous birth and ending with his triumphant ascension into heaven. It explains that Jesus came to earth to fulfill God's promises and purposes. He came so that humanity, who had rejected the love of their Creator, the God of the universe, could be restored to a right relationship with God through their belief in Jesus' sacrificial atonement on the cross. Jesus also came to earth as the Son of God to establish God's kingdom here on earth. This is what you'll often hear referred to as an upside-down kingdom. God's kingdom embraces people who the world often rejects and offers love and acceptance to all. Unfortunately, Jesus was not the type of king, and this was not the type of kingdom that everyone wanted. Jesus was rejected by his own people, put on trial, and crucified. Unlike the stories of other kings, Jesus' story does not end with death, but with new life. In an incredible reversal, Jesus was raised from the dead. This served as a confirmation of Jesus' unique identity as the Son of God while affirming the promise that he can bring new life to us. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 56. The Arrival of the Kingdom of God. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who, from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children 
and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, 
for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as He promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Luke chapter 1, verses 32 through 33. The book of Luke begins in a way that is strikingly similar to what we see in another book of the Bible, the book of Samuel. Samuel begins with a pair of stories that tell how God provided a child for a barren woman named Hannah and how Hannah responded to God in prayer. The significance of these stories for the book of Samuel, especially Hannah's prayer, is in how they set the stage for what the rest of the book is about. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Hannah's prayer talks about how God helps people that the world often neglects, people like barren women. This is what we often refer to as the upside-down value system of God. Hannah also prays for a king. Together these stories serve to foreshadow the rest of the book of Samuel, which is all about the upside-down value system of God and the arrival of the kingdom of Israel. In a similar way, Luke also begins with a story about how God provided a child for a barren woman named Elizabeth and how her cousin responded to God with a prayer. However, Luke's opening doesn't stop there. Luke expands on the old story from Samuel by adding that God even more remarkably provided a child for a virgin woman and pairs this with a prayer. These similarities aren't coincidental. They show how the story told in Luke is similar to, but also one-ups the story told in Samuel. Like Samuel, the story in Luke reveals the upside-down value system of God and the arrival of a kingdom. However, by advancing on the old story, Luke shows that the kingdom he talks about would be more remarkable than anything Israel, or even the world, had ever known. The Gospel of Luke is not a story about the arrival of just any kingdom. This is a story about the arrival of the kingdom of God. Reflection Questions Luke is the only gospel to tell the birth story of John the Baptist. What do you see in John the Baptist's story that is similar to Jesus' conception story? What is different? Why do you think Luke included this story? Imagine being Elizabeth or Mary. God did something that seemed impossible in each of their lives. How have you seen God at work in impossible ways in your life? Have you responded more like Zechariah or more like Mary? Thank you for joining us today for the journey through Luke and Acts. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag WillowJourney. If you have questions or want to visit a Willow Creek location on a weekend, check out willowcreek.org.